Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Yes, Lord, we thank you tonight. Answer our prayer this evening that you use us as you please. Let your will be done in our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for everyone here. And I pray that as we get into your word, you will give unto us the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of revelation, and the spirit of understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, and let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. That's my greatest cheerleader. You may be seated, please. And it's good to be here. It's good to see you again in our times of restoration. God bless you. Also, those of you who are online. I really want the virtual church or the online church, the online wing of the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family to be something that is addressing a real need. What I mean is that you cannot physically be present here in person for our times of restoration. Probably because of where you live, the part of the city where you are. You may even be watching from outside Accra, outside Ghana. Obviously, there's no way you can be physically present here. Amen. There are also those of you, because of where you work, you know, by the time you get here for the service, it will be over. It wouldn't make sense for you to come. So that is also understandable. So the virtual church is supposed to address a need. But I want us to be careful that we do not let the virtual church replace coming physically and gathering in person in the house of God. Hallelujah. Because that is the problem with human beings that sometimes something is created to solve a need and then before you realize that thing now becomes a standard and it becomes something you know that people now want to stick to because it's convenient for them now serving God is not just something that you do out of convenience 
there are certain requirements and there are certain expectations. And that is why Jesus said that anyone who comes after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Matthew 16, 24, I believe. He said it very clearly, suggesting to us, ladies and gentlemen, that following him comes at a cost. And there's a price to pay. And there are inconveniences that you have to go through. And there are things that you have to do. There are sacrifices to be made. Hallelujah. So I beg of you, let's not get so used to this conveniency type of Christianity and, and replace certain important things like coming in person into the house of the Lord to be in the company of fellow believers. Let's not let other things replace that. I beg of you. But God is good. And uh, this is just um, a little teaser before we get into the word of God. You know, when you go into a good restaurant, usually there are starters. All right? There are things that you start with before you get into the main meal. Hallelujah. Usually in our homes, there are, we don't have things like that, you see. But when we go to restaurants and other places, there are things you can start with, you know, fried wonton, or spring rolls, or chicken corn soup. Why am I even mentioning these things? They are making me hungry. All right. We have been looking at the will of God for our lives. And it must be in the interest of every believer and of every child of God that the will of God is being done in his or her life. There is no better place to be at than in the will of God. I'll say that again. There is no better place to be at. And there is no better situation to be in than the will of God. Because if you are in the will of God for your life, then things will go well for you. If you are in the will of God for your life, then things will work better for you. In the will of God is prosperity. In the will of God is protection. In the will of God is safety and security. In the will of God is peace. In the will of God is joy. In the will of God is satisfaction. So, the will of God encapsulates everything that makes for a good life and for a blessed life and for a happy life. May the will of God for your life be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. May the will of God for your life come to pass. May you always be found in the will of God for your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, we've been looking at a few things. So, we asked ourselves that what is the will of God? 
The word whale, I explained to you, was translated from the Greek word thelema. T-H-E-L-E-M-A, which means determination, purpose, wish, inclination, choice, decree, or pleasure. And so when we talk about the will of God, we are talking about what God has determined, what God has purposed, what God wishes should be done. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is what the will of God is. I've also taught us that there are two dimensions or two aspects to the will of God. There is God's sovereign will, which is what he has determined will be done and therefore can never change. So yes, there are things that God has determined will be done and nothing anybody does can change it. That's what we mean when we talk about the sovereign will of God. Can I have an amen from somebody? God had determined that Jesus was going to come to die for our sins. And nothing could change that. So although Jesus himself prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, appealing to the father to see whether he can let the cup of suffering pass him by, at the end of the day, he accepted that because it is the sovereign will of God that a second Adam needed to come to correct that terrible thing that the first Adam had done, there was no way that the cross was going to be pushed aside. So it was the sovereign will of God that Jesus should die on the cross for you and I. So that's what we mean by the sovereign God, uh, the sovereign will of God. It, is, it has to do with what he has determined will be done and nothing can change it. Hallelujah. But apart from that, there is the commanded will of God. The commanded will of God, which has to do with what God wishes us to do or has commanded us to do. It has to do with what will make God happy if we do. However, you and I have been given a choice whether to do it or not. So with the commanded will of God, you have a choice to do it or not to do it. So God's wish is that we would do these things. But he doesn't, as it were, impose them on us. He wants us out of our own free will to choose to do those things. And it makes him happy when we do that. Hallelujah. So, For example, he says to us that be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 So here we can see that the will of God is that in every circumstance we should give thanks to him. But we don't do that. We don't do that all the time. We only give thanks or most often we give thanks to God when things are okay. 
when there is food in our stomachs, when there is money in our pockets, when our jobs and our businesses are going well. But when things are not going well and we are going through challenges and difficulties, it is not so easy to fulfill this will of God which is that we should be thankful in all circumstances. May God give you the ability to be thankful to him in all circumstances. Hallelujah. And may you choose and decide that no matter what is going on in my life, I choose to be thankful to God and I choose to be appreciative to God for everything that he's doing and for what he will do. You know, we don't just thank God for what he has done, but we also thank him for what he will do. And I'm announcing to somebody today that God will do you good in the next few weeks and in the next few months. Hallelujah. Can I hear your loudest amen? We bless the Lord. Now, how can the will of God be done in our lives? It depends a lot on our choices and our decisions. It is our choices and our decisions that determine whether the will of God will be done in our lives or not. Hallelujah. And when, I'm, when, when I talk here about the will of God being done in our lives in this context, I'm talking about it in relation to the commanded will of God, not the sovereign will of God. Remember that with the sovereign will of God, that one, nothing can change it. Nobody can change it. It is already determined. It cannot shift. That's the sovereign will of God. But talking here about the will of God being done in our lives, we are dealing essentially with the commanded will of God. How can that be done in our lives? How can we ensure and guarantee that this commanded will of God is done in our lives. What God wants for us, what pleases him, what he wishes for us is what is done at the end of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, it depends on our choices and our decisions. And what it means therefore is that we must be guided in our decisions so that at the end of the day, the will of God will be done. Now, in deciding, therefore, in making choices and in taking decisions, we need to be guided. There must be some guidelines so that we will choose well and we will choose wisely and we will choose properly in order to ensure that the will of God will be done in our lives. And that is what I started running us through last week, Wednesday. The first guideline or the first thing that you must ask yourself is, does my decision agree with the word of God? Does my decision agree with the word of God? Why is this important? The word of God contains his will for our lives. I'll say that again. The word of God contains his will for our lives. Understanding that the will of God has to do with what he wants. 
what he wishes, what pleases him, what he's commanded. And all of that you will find in the word of God. So therefore, in any decision that you are taking and in any choice that you are making, a very important question you must ask yourself, a very important guideline is, does this decision that I'm about to take agree with the word of God? In other words, the word of God is supposed to guide us. That is why the Bible says concerning the word of God that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Psalms 119 verse 105. If you are walking on a dark road, if you have a torchlight which gives you enough light to be able to take one step after the other, you are likely to be safe. But if you walk on that dark road without any light, lighting your path, I cannot guarantee your safety. Especially if you live around this part of town. Alright? Because there are a lot of snakes around. Oh yes. Don't be afraid because God has given us power to tread upon serpents and upon scorpions. Don't worry at all. No snake will be able to kill you. If a snake makes an attempt to bite you, may the snake itself be poisoned. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> so the snake that's trying to poison you, when it tastes your blood, it will rather poison it. Amen. Yeah. Hey, tell the person sitting by you, you are very dangerous for snakes and scorpions. So they should be afraid of you instead of the other way around. But you know, if you are walking on a dark road, once you have a light, you can be sure that you won't stumble, you won't fall, because you will see where you are going. And that is what the word of God is supposed to do for us. As we are taking decisions, as we are choosing, we should be guided by the word of God. So as you are thinking about who to marry, you must allow the word of God to guide you. Because the word of God talks about a virtuous woman. And that's the kind of woman you must marry. The word of God teaches us that don't settle for somebody who's adorning or whose, whose, whose appearance only has to do with clothes, with jewelry, with lipstick, with acrylic nails, <laughs> with what? Acrylic nails. It's acrylic. Okay. Acrylic nails. Those are not the things that should guide you in life. They are nice. They make our sisters look very nice. But brother, it's not just about the hair. It's not just about the eyes. And the modern woman has erased the eye lashes that God gave them. And they have cut their own. <laughs> it's not a problem. Some of them they have overcut. 
So when you look at them, they look like cats. Do you see? Because as they were directing almost at 90 degrees here and here. Do you see? But that's what they want to do. And thank God for the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. Do you see? But I'm explaining to you that as you are deciding on who to marry, it is a major decision for your life. And you must want the will of God for you to be done in that area. Because in that will is your joy, is your happiness, is your peace, is your satisfaction. So allow the word of God to guide you. As you're looking for which man to marry. It's not just about the muscles. Not just about the biceps. Not just about the triceps. Not just about the six parts. Don't reject a man because he doesn't have six parts. His own is one. <laughs> but behind it, is, behind it is a lot of love. Behind the one part is a lot of what? Love. So don't just reject him because of that. But look for the things that God expects us to look for. Somebody who fears God, somebody who loves God, somebody who is interested in God. You must be guided by the word of God. Your friends, who should be your friends? You must be guided by the word of God. So as you've moved into a new community, as you've, you, you've started working at a new place, as you're trying to decide on who to hang around with, or you've gone to school, as you're trying to decide who to hang around with, my children are in school now and it concerns me who they hang out with because of what the Bible teaches us that evil communication corrupts good morals. So, you must have such scriptures at the back of your mind and you must know that not everybody can be your friend and you can't hang around with everybody. So, in seeking for the will of God to be done in your life, one of the questions you must ask yourself that this decision that I'm about to take does it agree with the word of God? Hallelujah! Then the second one that I shared with you, does the Holy Spirit bear witness with your decision? Does the Holy Spirit agree with your decision? Or is the Holy Spirit saying something to give you the green light that go for it? Ladies and gentlemen, that is very important. Because one of the reasons God has given his spirit to us is so that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. So that the Holy Spirit will do what? Lead us and guide us. These are two of the functions or the roles or the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. He's been given to us to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. And therefore, as you are seeking for the will of God to be done in your life, an important question you must ask yourself in whatever decision you are taking is, does the Holy Spirit bear witness with my decision? Does he? Amen. 
Hallelujah. So you see, it is therefore important for us to recognize the voice of the Spirit of God in our lives. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. First Corinthians 14 verse 10. Give it to me from the King James Version. It says, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. There are so many voices in the world. Which means that there are so many voices that speak to us. Your own voice. The voice of your father. The voice of your mother. The voice of your uncle. The voice of your brother. The voice of your sister. The voice of your teacher. The voice of your husband. The voice of your wife. The voice of your pastor. The voice of your boss. The voice of your friend. So many voices. The voice of, of the president. <laughs> Pardon? Fellow Ghanaians. Fellow Ghanaians. That's the voice of our president. Fellow Ghanaians. So many voices speak to us all the time. And this scripture is saying that all these voices have a significance in our lives. And of all the voices that speak to us, the most important voice to look out for, ladies and gentlemen, is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can speak through your father. He can speak through your mother. He can speak through your husband. He can speak to you even through your child, your three-year-old child, your four-year-old child. I'm telling you. I mean, if God can speak to an experienced prophet through a donkey, what makes you think that God cannot speak to you through your little child? Sometimes the greatest wisdom can be found in the mouths of little children. Don't make the mistake of thinking that because somebody is old, he is wise. Some of the most foolish people you will find in the world have a lot of gray hairs. So often it is said, experience is the best teacher. I beg to differ. Experience is a good teacher. But the best teacher is the Holy Spirit. He is the best teacher. He is the best teacher. Because let's face it. There are some of us, we've taken bad decisions for our lives because of certain father figures and mother figures speaking into our lives. That's why we always have to be careful now. Let's respect all gray-haired men and women. Let's respect them. But as I go along, I, I, I'll, I'll say some other things. So ladies and gentlemen, ask yourself in seeking for the will of God to be done in your life, in whatever decision you are taking, ask yourself, does the Holy Spirit bear witness to this thing that I am about to do? It's a very important thing. The third guideline, number three. 
Do you have peace inside when you think about your decision? Do you have peace inside when you think about your decision? Hopper, I hope you are writing notes. Eh? Write notes. Oh. Don't Instagram and tweet as I'm preaching or Facebook. Don't do that. The third guideline, do I have peace inside of me in relation to this decision that I'm about to take? Am I at rest? Do I have peace? Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. New Living Translation. It says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Do what in your hearts? Rule. Or lead you. Or guide you in your hearts. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Look at the same verse from the Good News Translation of the Bible. It says the peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make. Do you see that? Good news translation. The peace that Christ gives you is to guide you in the decisions you make. So peace inside you is supposed to guide you in the decisions that you are taking and in the choices that you are making. That's one of the things that can lead you into the perfect will of God for your life. Am I at peace inside of me? Am I at peace inside of me? So when you have peace about any step that you are taking, it is the green light for you that go ahead. When the light is not green, advise yourself and rethink your decision. Hallelujah. There's a question that I ask people who come to tell me that I have an intended, somebody I want to marry. Or rather, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to different people who are trying to find my opinion about somebody they are considering marrying. There is a question that I ask them always without fail. I ask them, you yourself, as you think about the person, as you think about life with the person, do you have peace inside? 
It's very important. Because that peace is supposed to guide you. It is not the only thing. There are other things that are also needed. So, so don't just use peace as the only guiding post. But it's a very important one. It's a very important one. Because the other things you have to look at, the person's relationship with God. You can't just say that, oh, when I think about him, I have peace. Even though he's a drug dealer. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not enough. Because it's a wrong kind of peace. Something is influencing that peace. And it's not the peace of God. Kai. Money is influencing your decision. His car is influencing your decision. His house is influencing your decision. But peace in the inside of you is one of the things that is supposed to guide you in every decision that you're taking. So if you sense that peace, it is often an indication that go ahead. If you don't sense that peace, rethink your choice and rethink your decision. Hallelujah. I like Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. This New Living Translation. And it goes on to say, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So anything that you are concerned about, any step that you want to take and all of that, pray about it. That's what the scripture is saying. Be careful for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Pray about it. But after praying about it, look for peace. Look for peace inside. Because it says the peace and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So that peace will be your security man. It will guard you. Not only will it guide you, it will guard you. And that sort of peace, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes. I mean, there are decisions that you would take that people would think you are crazy. But I'm saying to you that if you have that peace inside, even if the rest of the world does not agree with you, stick with it. You must do what? Stick with it. I'll say it again. If you sense the peace of God in the decision that you are taking, and you know that 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 this thing, it is the peace of God in my heart. Maybe everything else is not looking a certain way. When I say everything else is not... A, so, for example, two people have come to propose to you and say, I want to marry you. One of them is very educated he has four degrees. 
alright and he has a respectable job he has a nice place he lives drives a nice car everything looks good do you see then the other guy oh, why are you laughing at the other guy He didn't go far in his education. Brofono. And your papa. And yet, easy go, easy come. Do you see? When you pray, and sisters, when you tell us that you are going to pray about it, please make sure you pray. Because a lot of you, when you say, oh, I'm going to pray about it, they don't pray about it, please. It's not true. Nowadays, they don't pray. Mommy says, I should tell you that nowadays, they don't even pray about it. You know, they just look for good circumstances. And where the lines seem to be pleasant, that is where they go. It's a very dangerous thing now. Why? Because not everything that glitters is gold. You have to be very careful. So pray about it and pray seriously. Do not be influenced by the good circumstances surrounding the earlier guy who has four degrees. Don't just take your decision based on that. Pray about the two of them. And look out for the peace of God inside your heart. And sometimes that peace, it passes understanding. Because if the peace of God you are looking for is tilted in the direction of easy go, easy come. It wouldn't make sense to a lot of people. <laughs> Your father will insult you. Your mother will insult you. Your friends will insult you. And I'm telling you, you see, there are some people when you see them today, it will never occur to you that he is tomorrow's millionaire. Don't just reject people by virtue of their physical appearance. That is why Jesus Christ was rejected. Because he was not born in the Jerusalem teaching hospital. He was born in a manger. Even proper babies caught, they didn't have for him. It was a wooden box containing grass that cows and horses eat. That's what they prepared for him. So when you hear manger, 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 don't think about the beautiful, well-designed baby's court. It was not like that. He was not born in a teaching hospital. He was born in a stable. He was not born in a regular labor world where you hear other children crying, nah, 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 nah. Where he was born, the only cries were moo. <laughs> Maybe there were some cats around. Meow, meow, and dogs. Whoa, whoa. Those were the sounds that accompanied his birth. It was an orchestra of animals. 
That's where he was born. He was not born in the house of the member of parliament of Bethlehem. That's not where he was born. He was born in the house of an ordinary carpenter who had gone to marry a teenager. That was the house in which he was born. And so when he grew up and he started preaching and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. To preach liberty to the captives. Some of the people said, excuse me. You. Which spirit of the Lord is upon you? We know you. <laughs> we know your background. We know your brothers and your sisters. When my kitchen stool got broken, you are the one who came to fix it for me. And today you say what? You are the son of God. Please, go and tell it to the marines. Let's be serious here. It is because of the package that he came in. And I'm saying to you that if you are not careful, you may throw something good away. Not knowing that you are throwing something valuable away. And the only reason why you rejected it is because it didn't look attractive or appealing or impressive. I'm telling you, eh, there are people who when you look at them today, you may look at them and just dismiss them. That's the way. Can anything good come out of her? Can anything good come out of it? That's why you need God to teach you how to shine your eyes so that you don't reject treasures. So as you are deciding between these two people, look for the peace of God inside. And I'm telling you that if the peace of God is causing you to take a decision that is not popular, stick with it. Stick with it. Time will tell. I said time will tell. At the end of the day, time will tell. Hallelujah. Your decision to be a member of this church, time will tell. You are meeting in somebody's garage. That's where you are meeting. Somebody's garage. Garage. When I say garage, mommy says house. Garage. That's where you're meeting. Somebody's garage. That's where you're meeting. There are no tiles on the floor. Do you see? I can show you nice church building around that people are building. You have also decided my, my Richard and Co. You walked through the dark to come to church here. Is that not so? I'm sure that there are people in the yard who wonder what is wrong with you. Yeah. So, uh, what do you see in that church? There are nicer churches around. But like I said, time will tell. Once you have peace in your heart, so even in deciding which church to go to or who to choose as your pastor and you have a right to choose who your pastor is you have a right 
to choose who your pastor is. If somebody else was your pastor some time ago and God is leading you to somebody else to be your pastor, make sure that it is God who is leading you. And how can you make sure? See whether you have peace in your heart. If you have peace in your heart about it, stick with it. Everybody will be insulting you. Everybody is saying that you are this, you are this and all of that. But time will tell. And it will be proven in the passage of time that the choice that you made and the decision that you took was the best decision for your life. Hallelujah. So peace. Ask yourself, do I have peace in my heart about it? If you want the will of God to be done in your life, then as you are choosing and as you are deciding, look for the peace inside. Amen. Then, let's just do this last one for today. Will Jesus be glorified by my decision? That's the, that's the next thing that you should ask yourself. Will Jesus be glorified by this decision that I am taking? Will it glorify him? To glorify means to exalt. To glorify means to honor to glorify means to lift up. So you must ask yourself, will Jesus be honored? Will Jesus be lifted up by this decision that I am taking? Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. Good news translation. Colossians 1:18. Now this is talking about Jesus. He is the head of his body, the church. So the church is described as the body of Christ. And he is the head. So he is the head of his body, the church. He is the source of the body's life. He is the firstborn son who was raised from death. Take note of this next statement. In order that he alone might have the first place in all things. That means he must be exalted. It means that he must be number one. That he must be the first consideration. That he must have the first place in everything. That he alone might have the first place in all things. That means that in everything, in your decision, in your choices, Christ must be exalted. So ask yourself, this decision that I'm taking, this choice that I'm making, is Jesus Christ being exalted? Is Jesus Christ being glorified? Hallelujah. John 16 verse 13 to 14. Be glorified be glorified be Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
be glorified in the end. Oh, Jesus, be glorified in this temple. Jesus, Jesus, be thou glorified. John 16, 13 to 14. When the spirit of truth comes, New Living Translation, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Now, notice what he will do. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Remember that I told you that one of the guidelines to guide you in your decision is whether the Holy Spirit bears witness with that decision that you're making. But one of the ways by which he will bear witness is how he will glorify Jesus through that decision. Through what he's asking you to do. Through what he's leading you to do. Jesus must be glorified. So in whatever decision you are taking, ask me, will Jesus be glorified? Will Jesus be exalted? Will Jesus be lifted high? Hallelujah. So the person that I'm considering for marriage, will Jesus be exalted by this choice that I am making? Or this job that I'm going in for, will Jesus be glorified by it? You don't just take jobs. You just don't accept every job offer. Don't just look at the salary. Don't just look at the benefits. They are good things. Who doesn't like a good paying job? But it's not just about the money you earn. Because there are some jobs that are traps for you. I said there are some jobs, they are traps for you. If you end up at certain workplaces, everything Christian about you can easily disappear. Because the environment itself, the environment itself is not correct. Every time in the office, profanity, lewd jokes, Drinking, smoking, blowing time. That's the environment. So, yes, they are promising to pay you 12,000 Ghana cities every month. How many would like to earn a salary of at least 12,000 Ghana cities? Oh, may God bless you with a powerful job. Somebody is going to receive your salary in dollars. And when you convert it, it will be more than 15,000 Ghana cities. Receive it. 
one of the things we are praying for is miracle jobs may you receive a job like that in the name of Jesus hallelujah I said hallelujah but please don't just look at the salary don't just look at the travel package every year you go for holidays at Dubai how many will like that Oh, give to Beko Dubai, I'm Amiratsi. Ah. But it's not just about that. So before you accept that job offer, ask yourself, this job, will Jesus be exalted as I take it? Look, if there is a job offer and you know that this job it will take me away from God or from church or from serving God you have to think about it again don't come to me and tell Beautiful singing. But why are you saying that Eradia Mao? Just because of the salary? Just because of the benefits? Have you asked yourself some deeper questions? Will Jesus be glorified and exalted by this job? You are entering into a business partnership with somebody who is an Apache. <laughs> and you know that this guy, he's a swindler. His things are not straight. But because what he's offering it's very attractive. You are, you are just going in for it. Question is, will this exalt Jesus? That's a very important question to ask. If you are really interested in the will of God being done in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, I am teaching you about how you can be guided into the will of God for your life is going to depend on your decisions and you need some guidelines for your decisions number one does it agree with the word of God number two does the spirit of God bear witness with this decision number three do I have peace inside of me when I think about this decision? Number four. Will Jesus be exalted? Will he be glorified and elevated by this decision that I'm taking? These things must guide you in any decision that you're taking so that you can end up in the will of God for your life. Next week, Wednesday, we shall continue. Rise to your feet and let us close. God bless you.
Let us pray. We are thankful to you, Father, for tonight. We are grateful to you for this word. We pray in the name of Jesus that this word will stay and will influence us in all our choices and in all the decisions that we take for our lives. Father, we pray that it would help us not to end up in a bad place just because of the wrong decisions we took. Thank you for everyone in tonight's service. In Jesus' mighty name. And let all say amen. Give Jesus a hand clap. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.